Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Okay, so if uh, people start settling down, coming on back. A couple of uh, seats, if, if anybody wants to come up a bit. So this uh, talk tonight, as I uh, mentioned, I'm um, calling... Uh, Three Principles to Live By, or Three Guiding Principles for Living living a Good Life. As I mentioned, um, the, uh, the topic um, is, uh, comes out of this experience I, I had... Um, Last month, here we are starting the new year, and uh, thought it would be good to to start with a supportive intention and also a frame for how to uh, stay connected with what's really important. And uh, last month, I went to uh, the memorial service of uh, Francis Vaughan. How many people are familiar with Francis Vaughan? Any? A few people. Um, and uh, this, the memorial was the, the day just before I started sitting a two-week self-retreat. Um, so it was very much with me on the retreat and kind of uh, I was marinating in uh, the wisdom of of that day, um, I'll share a little bit about her, and then you'll see uh, a short video of her that was shown at that service that I got permission from uh, the uh, the filmmaker Colleen Ledru Elgin and um, Francis's uh, family to share it with you tonight. And I'm going to put the link on the Dharma Seed website so that. Uh, others can uh, can see it who are listening. Uh, there's people who listen to these talks from um, from all over. So Francis uh, was one of the pioneers in the field of transpersonal psychology, uh, and as somebody who um, has went to school and graduate school uh, in psychology, um, I wish they had transpersonal psychology when I was going to, to school. Uh, we studied about rats and uh, Skinner behavior theory and abnormal psychology, which was really fascinating. If you've ever taken a psych course and you have an abnormal psych book and each chapter you're seeing, oh, I've got that neurosis, yes. Oh, yeah, that's me too. And, uh, um, and then when they get to the psychoses, that's a little bit even more humbling. Um, but uh, it was more about pathology and how to straighten out our warped minds and, and hearts. Uh, and then in... In the last few decades, both in the field of positive psychology that Martin Seligman uh, pioneered, looking for uh, where wellness and health, uh, and, and health uh, can be found uh, through the psyche, uh, and transpersonal psychology, as perhaps you uh, are familiar or can sense from the, the term, um, is going beyond that separate sense of self to something uh, deeper, whether you think of it as a kind of um, um, pointing to a spiritual dimension or a dimension beyond 
that sense of separation that we usually live in. And there's um, a school for transpersonal psychology and a number of different programs in transpersonal psychology. And in the last few uh, last few decades, as you can imagine, just the, the growing of spiritual uh, dimensions in our culture, from mindfulness to all kinds of expressions, um, transpersonal psychology has had a, a, a really um, powerful influence uh, for those who want to explore the mind, but uh, not just from the cognitive level, from a deeper level. And uh, Frances is one of the, really, her, her, she was a pioneer. She was the president of the Association of Transpersonal Psychology. She was also the president of the Association for, of Humanistic Psychology as well. Uh, she, she and her husband of 40 years, uh, or partner of 40 years, husband of I think maybe 35 years, uh, Roger Walsh, uh, was another, is another leading um, teacher, wisdom teacher in transpersonal psychology and um, uh, a very um, dedicated Dharma practitioner. And they're happy to say that they've both been friends of mine for a number of years. Roger is somebody who I quote from uh, in a number of ways. He's the one who I I often uh, share the line, we're in a race between fear and consciousness. Uh, And um, a number of other um, very pithy, perspectives that have been meaningful for me. Uh, Francis wrote um, Awakening Intuition, a very, um, very well-respected book. The Inward Arc, um, Shadows of the Sacred. She and Roger wrote together uh, Accept This Gift, which is a book on the Course in Miracles. Um, And... um, uh, transpersonal books uh, beyond ego and paths beyond ego. Um, let's see other things about her. Oh, Roger, who is really um, an amazingly uh, um, bright and um, and deep thinker. Uh, he was at the memorial service. Uh, he uh, he said such beautiful things. He said somebody uh, have as. Somebody asked him, uh, well, what do you think about gurus? And he said, well, I married mine. Um, <clears throat> so there we were in this gathering of about 150 people, very uh, bright minds, and uh, 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 quite, a, quite an amazing collection of, of uh, beings who all paid their respects to Francis. And uh, it was like a darshan. The word darshan was like a like a spiritual transmission of people re- remembering her and sharing uh, uh, stories about her. Um, and um, everybody uh, left with a, you picked out a quote from her uh, from one of her writings in the out of a bowl as you left. And I got this quote about creativity being. Uh, how we tap into something much bigger than us, and we are just channels for uh, for a, a deeper wisdom that wants to use us. And that was very. Uh, I loved that quote. So uh, I want to first, uh, before going on uh, further, share with you this video. It's a 14-minute video uh, f- to uh, meet Francis and, and meet a real woman of wisdom and something. Uh, I hope we'll come through the video uh, that came through that that day and then share with you her uh, three principles for um, leading a good life. So, um, the, oh yeah, it's uh, gratitude with a G, G-R-A-T-I-T-U-D-E, then capital December, D-E-C, and then the number nine. D-E-C, capital D-E-C, and then the number nine. Let's cross our fingers. Password works. And yet it's something that we all have in common. 
St. John of the Cross says that love is the secret stair by which the soul ascends to God. And I love that phrase. Love is the secret stair by which the soul ascends to God. So if you think in terms of the soul as that part of you that really longs for love, that really is nourished by beauty, by quiet, by nature, by stillness. You know, it, it's unique, and yet it's something that we all have in common, is that, that sense of being a soul. I was born in 1935 in New York. Spent the next 17 years in Chile. The house we lived in was at the foot of the Andes Mountains, so we were on the edge of the city. And Santiago, my aunt had a house at the beach where we would spend our summers. Loved to swim in the ocean, and I learned to ski in the mountains in the winter. My father, who was English, was the naval attache at the embassy in Chile. I spent my high school years in Chile, and I had a wonderful time. I did uh, come back to California then in 1952 to uh, go to Stanford. And I stayed at Stanford for the next three and a half years. I graduated early from taking extra units and going to summer school one year. So I actually graduated when I was 20. And that was uh, a wonderful experience. My, I enjoyed my college years very much. It really opened up the life of the mind for me. But I thought that I was supposed to get married as soon as I graduated, and then my parents didn't really think it was such a good idea. So when I graduated, they insisted on sending me off to spend a year in Switzerland. That was where my aunt was. She was ambassador there by that time. So I did uh, stayed with her as her social secretary in Switzerland. I had plenty of jobs to do. My aunt was very good to me. She made sure that I went skiing with friends and traveled and went with her to Vienna and down to Venice and Dubrovnik. I came back to San Francisco after a year. I shared an apartment with some of my old classmates from Stanford. I went to work for the Asia Foundation, and that gave me another education on Asia. After I returned from Switzerland, I met uh, Rhys Clark, my first husband, and we met on Valentine's Day and got married in July. It was a good choice at the time, and my son Bob was born when I was 24. Then uh, two and a half years later, my daughter was born, Leslie. It was in 1976 that I met Roger. He and I met in Kansas at a conference on the voluntary control of internal states. That was the title of the conference. <laughs> and uh, what most uh, struck me after we got into a deep conversation, there was the recognition, oh, you're a fellow explorer. You're really interested in exploring the deep questions of life. And it was just a, a wonderful recognition of a fellow fellow explorer, a fellow soul. And, of course, uh, that, you know, the relationship took off from there. We did get married in 1985 and in Judy's house, and Houston Smith married us. 
Of course, there are many things that attracted me to Frances. <laughs> she was beautiful, that, <laughs> that helps, but she was also super smart and very open-minded, very inquisitive, open to exploring any topic, any range of issues. She was also very psychologically sophisticated, very aware of her own experience and very sensitive to other people. So she could tune in uh, to people in extraordinary depth and, and it was possible to communicate with her at a very, very deep level. And of course, she's extraordinarily loving. been a great blessing. One of the things that always strikes me about Frances, you know, she's... Um, she carries great serenity, great grace and dignity, and she's a consummate explorer. So what Francis did was open up permission in a number of areas, intuition being one, parts of the shadow side of psychotherapy being another, um, the collections that, that she and Roger did together. So she's one of the major kind of openers. She carries enormous healing gifts with her psychotherapy and her work in psychology. So I learned a lot from doing workshops and meeting people from many different cultures in Asia, Europe, Latin America, Australia, and finding that uh, people everywhere share hopes and fears and aspirations and struggles and the desire to give and receive love. So love is a universal theme. things that strikes me about uh, Frances' parenting and grandparenting is she's there to encourage, to support, but also without attachment. She doesn't hold on, she doesn't cling. Uh, she herself has said that uh, parenting is a process of letting go from the time they come out of the womb to the time they leave the house and even beyond. It's letting go, letting go, letting go, allowing, trusting them, trusting the universe. And it's been wonderful to see the beautiful results of her family, just truly wonderful. The thing that I'd like to do is to remind you that ultimately what the spiritual path is aiming for is a much more subtle kind of transition that will carry you from fear to love, from bondage to freedom, and from darkness to light. And it's always there. So all we have to do really is turn our attention to it. And looking back, I can see a, a pattern that uh, clearly it was all part of a trajectory. 
I've learned a lot about um, uh, discernment and how important it is. If you can trust yourself, then you can usually uh, have a more accurate perception of other people in the world. I like to say that all of the past and all of the future exist only in the mind. And this, this moment is the only time you can really be present and be with another person. And that empathy and caring and loving kindness is always right now. The other thing that I'm grateful for is uh, the, the depth of the many wonderful relationships that have come into my life. In some ways, it's as though the, it's the fulfillment of all the, the other years. I think um, that it's the quality of relationships that, that makes a difference, and just as it does in psychotherapy. The quality of relationship is what what really makes these years richer and more fulfilling. Expressing your gratitude for all the blessings of this day and every day. Like saying thank you, thank you for all the things that we've been given. We really have so many blessings to be grateful for. It's one of the gifts we can give ourselves and each other. Just remember all you have to do is show up, pay attention, tell the truth, and don't be attached to results, and have a good time. And another little bit of wisdom that I like to remind myself of is that um, they say, if, when the mind is not clouded by unnecessary things, this is the best season of your life. Okay, we got through it. <laughs> um, well, clearly, she had a very privileged life. And that's uh, something that just uh, strikes me. But she, um, you know, people can have privileged life and and just be about more greed and. And, uh, and and othering, but uh, she took her good fortune and really made the most of it and made an impact. Um, so maybe we could have the lights uh, a little bit higher. Gretchen or, I mean, uh, Ghidra, anyone? There's these lights, I think these. There is. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Hi. 
drinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. So, um, okay, so that, that we don't have all that much time left. So let me um, get to these three principles for a good life. I hope it came through. Could you, you feel her goodness and her wisdom? I, it, was, it was just, uh, when I see it, I've seen that a number of times. And each time I do, I just tune into, this is a high being, just a really high. And, you know, as she's saying it, I'll, I'll get to them in a moment. But as she, as she's, as she's, she's saying things that aren't new to you, but there's something about the depth of um, all the work that somebody does, that those words um, have more of an impact. Uh, it's like the Dalai Lama saying, my religion is kindness. You know, okay. But when he says it, oh, my religion is kindness, of course. So her three principles um, that were spoken of that 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 uh, event, which weren't in the movie, um, are things that aren't new to you. But I just want to remind us all of their power. The first is forgiveness. To not have the heart be locked and tight in holding on to unresolved actions from the past or relationships with people who've been important to us, who we care about, or those who we can't understand at all but somehow have their own reality that uh, makes sense to them. That the power of forgiveness as we've talked about it, I've talked about it here a number of times, it's, it's for the person who is practicing forgiveness that there's a kind of release from the heart, from that tight grip of contraction. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that happens as you practice more awareness and more mindfulness is you start to see all the the ways that you missed the mark. That's what the, perhaps you know, the word sin, the actual definition of sin, it comes from the concept of missing the mark. A much more forgiving way to frame it than sin oh, just got lost from what really matters. Whether it's you or someone else. And to, uh, it comes up a lot on, on retreat when I did this retreat. So having just come from that memorial service and then into uh, the retreat, um, I was really holding those these principles and for, uh, forgiveness was a big one. And as often happens, you know, hmm, let's see, forgiveness, forgiveness. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I did that. You know. Ooh, oh, yeah, there's that too. And, and how could they have done that? Oh, yeah, and the heart is tight. And to just keep on letting go and coming from a place of um, compassionate understanding, as I've said here before, that we all have our own realities that we're going around in this world in, and our internal reality makes sense to us at the time. And then later on, we might think, what was I, what was I thinking? Oh, gee... Or how could they do that? And then somehow coming to a place of as if Kuan Yin or Mother Mary or, or uh, Jesus or the Buddha were seeing, um, oh, uh, they uh, forgive them. They know not what they do. They just got lost in their thoughts. 
And so I was getting in touch with my past actions and unresolved relationships and just, you know, there's something in, in, the, in the quiet of intensive practice where your heart just opens a bit more. There's a bit, a bit more spaciousness and, uh, and tenderness and vulnerability that comes because it takes some courage to forgive, to, to, let, to let that hurt be felt. And of course, first, it's important to honor whatever pain and hurt there is. You can't jump to forgiveness. You have to really digest and process and honor your own pain if it's about someone else. Um, or honor the ways that you are have been hard on yourself and not forgiving for yourself. It often comes down to forgiving ourselves uh, as a prerequisite to forgiving others. Mm. So um, I, I thought we could just, as we go through these three, we could do a, a little bit uh, just to kind of plant the seed. Um, uh, just a little bit of practicing with each of these, and uh, something else to to that I want to mention about forgiveness. Besides that compassionate understanding perspective, is that forgiveness is really um, an understanding of the the underlying reality that things change, and that people change, and that if we're holding around holding a picture of someone from their most humbling moment as they're about to lose it. Ow! What the hell? And you take a mental picture in your mind. Every time you pull out that picture, ooh, yeah, that is a really awful person, you know. Or, God damn, you really did that. They might be in a beach in on Kauai, having a good time, but you pull out that picture and it's, yeah, that's who they are. But forgiveness is seeing people are capable of anything and they're capable of change and they're capable of growing and waking up. And we are too. So just uh, to take a, a, a few moments and we'll practice a little bit of forgiveness uh, as, as part of this uh, exploration. So first ourselves. This will be a kind of um, fairly quick moving through, but just getting in touch with ourselves. You might go inside for a moment. Uh, sometimes it can help to put a hand on the heart just as a way to uh, feel a little bit of tenderness. If that feels okay, you might just try that just for a moment and see. This releases oxytocin and uh, softens and comforts and makes the system a little safer. You can leave it there or uh, put it back in your lap whenever you feel like it. And just for some forgiveness towards ourselves. Maybe towards our body. If we get frustrated that it doesn't cooperate or it doesn't look like we'd like or cooperate the way we'd like, just realize this body is serving you so extraordinarily well. Until something goes out, you don't even think about it. Just holding it in the context of appreciation and forgiving this body for the challenges that it goes through. And then a few moments of forgiving this mind that can create wonderful things, great ideas, but also gets into confusion and trouble and old habits that uh, have been practiced for a while. And if you ever feel frustrated with your mind, now's the time to just extend some forgiveness towards it for the confusion or the habits that have been practiced, but in the context of what an amazing thing you've been given, a mind that can think and comprehend. Don't miss that. 
and forgive when it gets lost. Doing the best it can to serve you. And forgiving this heart that has all kinds of emotions, love, compassion, caring, generosity, but also gets confused and has anger and jealousy and ill will. and a feeling of confusion and being lost. All of those things are capable with this heart. Just forgiving ourselves for when it gets lost in the context of appreciating what an amazing gift you've been given. You can feel and care. And just forgive your heart for a few moments. And then for a few moments, forgiving ourselves for past actions when we didn't know better, as as Jesus so profoundly said on the cross, forgive them, they know not what they do. The mind gets lost and we do things that cause harm, intentionally or unintentionally. But from a compassionate viewpoint, you're not the person who did those things. You're learning and growing. Forgive yourself. As long as you're learning, there are no mistakes. And in the same way, if you can understand how you get confused, you might extend that to others who have their own confusion. To err is human, to forgive divine, as it said. Just for a few moments, see if you can soften your heart to someone that has been difficult and see their own confusion for your sake and theirs. Notice how that feels. And if you can't forgive, then just forgive yourself for being right where you're at and get in touch with the wholesomeness of, I wish I could forgive. That's a start. So, the second principle that naturally follows from forgiveness is a loving heart, is love. Whether you call it loving kindness or a basic goodwill, a sense of connection that we have with others that she said, don't miss that connection. Don't miss that capacity that we have to let others in and let our own goodwill shine through. It's an amazing thing that humans are born with, this quality of caring and love, allurement, as Brian Swim says in uh, Universes of Green Dragon, just the force of connection that's so powerful in the universe that that is uh, that is gravity 
that is the the inside of a of an atom, a nucleus, that things like to stick together, like to stay connected. We are all part of the great singularity uh, 3.8 billion years ago. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. And we, we n- need to and want to feel connected. When we don't, it's very isolating and lonely and um, uh, great suffering. And we yearn for that connection and yet it's scary and difficult, even with people closest to us. But when you're with someone that there's that resonance, we all have that if if we have a good friend or family that we enjoy. There's some magic in it where there's no barriers, where it's just so nice to know you, whether you say it out loud or not and that you share that field of connection. As uh, somebody uh, said this week, some quote, I forget where it's from, when you see yourself in another being, that is love. And it's like the Indian greeting, namaste, where people bow to each other and the divine in me sees the divine in you where there's no separation. I, uh, oh yeah, there's this quote that I pulled up. This is from John O'Donohue, a very brilliant, deep um, thinker. There is a quiet light that shines in every heart. It draws no attention to itself, though it is always secretly there. It is what illuminates our minds to see beauty, our desire to seek possibility, and our hearts to love life. Without this subtle quickening, our days would be empty and wearisome, and no horizon would ever awaken our longing. Our passion for life is quietly sustained from somewhere in us that is wedded to the energy and excitement of life. So, we are imbued with this capacity to love. And when we feel that between ourselves and someone else, that connection doesn't belong to either one, does it? Can't say, oh, well, he's got the love and she doesn't. If they're feeling it, they're sharing this energy. And it's just, I often feel, think of it as love just finding itself. We can awaken it in each other. As uh, Mayor Baba says, love can't be coerced in any way, but it is self-communicative. Those who do not have it, catch it from those who do. But it's not even catching it because it's in there all along and just waiting to be awakened. And so as Francis suggested and as I often suggest, don't miss all the goodwill that is coming your way. That anytime someone smiles at you or says, hi, how are you? They are an agent of life letting you know that you're loved. And that you seeing that in somebody else can help awaken that in them as well. What an amazing way the game is set up. We can awaken love in each other. And if you fall in love and then it doesn't work out, don't get confused into thinking, oh, they have my love and they've taken it away. That's not the way it works. They've awakened that love, but it's always right inside of you, even if they are no longer in your life. But to let in the love and see that it doesn't belong to anyone, but it's a gift that you've been given. So just for a moment, and we don't have that much time, but just for a moment, go inside and think of someone who you feel a sweet connection with. And it can be a, a pet 
or a child or a friend or a partner. And however complicated the relationship might sometimes get, just think of the times where you just enjoy hanging out with each other. Where you have fun together. Where you're, there's a feeling of mutual care and appreciation. Just let yourself enjoy that. And if you can feel it with this person, then you have that capacity to just keep on awakening that inside of you and bringing it into the world because the world needs your love and your caring. And so the, the game is to open up that circle more and more to include as many as, as you can, even the difficult ones. Love your enemies, as Jesus said. That's a tall order, but see through their confusion and wish them well. So, forgiveness, love, and the third quality, the third principle that Francis encouraged to live our lives by is gratitude. It's the natural expression after forgiveness kind of opens up and unlocks the heart a bit and the love naturally can flow. Gratitude is a feeling of abundance, a feeling of blessing, a feeling of amazing grace. And really gratitude can be one way to think of mindfulness practice. It's an appreciation practice. Like we said at the beginning, the instructions to really be here for this moment of your life, the gift that you've been given. You have to really be here to feel grateful about something. As Brother David Steindl-Rast, a very wise man, uh, says, he wrote a book called Gratefulness, the Heart of Prayer. And it's all about mindfulness. It's all about not missing how fortunate we are. Or as uh, Einstein uh, said, there's two ways to go through life. One is seeing nothing as a miracle and the other is seeing everything as a miracle. Go for that one. And just feel how, how life is supporting you. So just a moment of gratitude. This is a practice that I often do in the joy course. Uh, just go inside and Think of some blessing in your life, either someone that you're grateful to or grateful for or some circumstance in your life. And as you connect with that, just bring an image, either that person or that situation, that blessing, And then just give a simple silent thank you right from your heart. Thank you to life or to that person. Thank you. Notice how full it feels. Just relax in that feeling of gratitude. You don't have to squeeze any more out of it. Just don't miss it. Oh, thank you. that the heart can feel gratitude is an amazing gift in itself. We can feel grateful for that. I can feel gratitude. What a gift. How it moves us from smallness to to something so much bigger than ourselves. And in that gratitude, it spills over that you want to contribute because you've been so uh, blessed, gifted. So as you practice these forgiveness and love and gratitude, you're not just doing it 
to feel good for yourself, which has that effect. But just know that the more you cultivate those qualities, the more you have to give to the world. You're coming from a connection to an open heart. And not only do you feel uplifted, but everybody around you does too. So I offer these three principles from from Francis as a way for us all to just uh, remember what's really important. Um, Forgiveness, love, gratitude. And we'll just end sharing the the merit of our being here together. Here we are together, so fortunate to come on a Wednesday night and share, a Thursday night and share some quiet and get in touch, support each other in that, and just share whatever good comes from our being here together. May it ripple out and be shared, that goodness be shared with all beings in all directions, those who are suffering, those who cause suffering through their ignorance, those who are happy, those who cause happiness, to all forms of life besides human on this planet, and to the earth itself. May all find happiness and peace. Thank you very much. <clears throat> nice to be with you. Sorry we didn't have a chance for uh, discussion, but uh, I hope the film was uh, was uh, was worth it. So have a really great week, and uh, see you in a couple of weeks. Well, if you can help with uh, stacking up the chairs very neatly, that that would be great.